0: Get going. Okay, so today's daf is daf Kuftesva, page one fifteen. We're still in the middle of Kufya Dalid. We have a lot of ground to cover. We are at the two dots. Um, we'll call it six seven lines before it gets wide on Kufya Dalid of on base, one fourteen b. Let's see how much uh, ground uh, we can cover over here. All right, so let's get going. Two dots v'chein nechil shel divir. The halakha is that if you find a a swarm of bees you're permitted to keep it now just what the Mishnah had given a few examples of things you're allowed to keep and it said if you find something from the currents of a river you found something that was given to you by soldiers or by bandits or or you found a swarm of bees you're allowed to keep it okay now in all the other cases there was Yish there was giving up of hope uh, abandonment to the troops, the bandits, now they become the new owners, they give it to you, so now you're the new owner, and we said also a swarm of bees, says, what is this added example of a swarm of bees, where does this, where does this come in, and what's this whole conversation, so going to tell us something fascinating, what we mean is as follows, a swarm of bees, biblically you can't own them, you know why? Because they've got a mind of their own, so to speak, you can't control a swarm of bees. The, the ownership of bees and the ownership of birds, the commentators explain, really are only rabbinic ownership to keep society flowing in a way that's not going to tend, that's not going to lend itself to machlokas. But a bird could fly away, a bee could fly away. Like you could really create ownership over such a thing, and then if one bee slips out and somebody makes honey from it. Now that person's stealing? You can't really do that. Biblically, there's no real ownership. Rabbinically, in, just in order to lend itself to people not taking out, you know, one person investing in a swarm of bees and somebody else just being a free-for-all to go take it. So the rabbi said there's an element of ownership. So since that's true, by bees, I would have thought to say, Since by the bees, all you own it, the only thing that the original owner had in it was a rabbinic ownership, even if you don't know that he gave up hope, maybe you can keep it. Only if the owner gave up hope with his rabbinic ownership, what if he, if he abandoned it and you find the swarm of bees, you can keep it. If he didn't abandon it, you cannot keep it, even though it was only rabbinic ownership. Now, by the soldiers, by the other examples, the soldiers, the bandits... And the currents of the river. So cle- So when there clearly is Yish, and in some of these cases there clearly is, that's when you can keep it. The swarm of bees also, he said, when the owner was Miyah, you should keep it. Ask the Gemara again, just to review, what's the novel idea of a swarm of bees? answer is, I would have thought even without actual abandonment of the original owner, I could keep it, because all we have here is rabbinic ownership. Anyway, on his part, Kamash Belan, the Kiddush's novel idea is... Unless I know there was abandonment, I'm not allowed to keep it. Okay. Two dots, three lines before it gets, four lines before it gets wide. A woman or a minor is to say, is permitted to say, this is where the bees came from. So if we see a swarm of bees, now, not always are they identifiable. But if you have somebody tell us where the, whose land they came from, that could help with with identification. So usually a woman and a child are not accepted for financial matters to give testimony. However, over here, if they tell us where it came from, then we do, we do believe them. Now, the remainder of this Gemara, until we get close to the Mishnah, is going to focus on something called Moshiach Lifi Tumai. Let's give a quick introduction. Moshiach Lifi Tumai means in the course of conversation, there are certain times where if a person were to show up to court and give testimony, we don't trust them. But if words come out of their mouth in the course of conversation, there's no reason why they should be lying. They're not pulling shtick, not pulling trick. You overhear two people talking in conversation. It's messiah lefitumai. They're not here to testify. They don't know what they're accomplishing with their statement. There's actually more trust given to their words. In court, maybe we don't trust them as much. It's more thought out. When things are coming more from uh, fluency... Of a person's thinking process, without them even realizing what they're saying, there's times where we're at, we'll add a layer of trust, trustworthiness to their statements. Here we go, says the Gemara. Why be we trusting a woman and a child to tell us where the swarm of bees came from? Ishavakot and bnei or are they allowed to testify about financial matters in court? The owner's running after the bees. He's looking for his bees. So, you already have that to his advantage that we know he lost it. This is where the swarm came from. But they're smoozing, says the Gemara. Ravashi tells us We only trust this course of conversation idea when it's helping a woman remarry. Not by other. Uh, not be other cases, but if uh, allow a woman to not be an aguna, and we overhear a child talking or a woman talking and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, I happened. I just came back from the funeral of this guy, and we know that guy was this woman's husband. Now it's going to let her remarry." So that's where we trust Misiyach Lefitumai. Amelie Ravina Laravashi, Ravina says to Ravashi, really? We only trust the course of conversation." Um, by a woman remarrying, but we just gave a case of a swarm of bees. That's, that's what we trust. And, and we see we trust statements that are made in the course of conversation. If a woman or child tells us where the swarm of bees came from, we trust them and it has nothing to do with a woman remarrying. You're right. Here's what, we're gonna, here's what we want to qualify. And we're saying like this. Course of conversation statements are trusted to allow a woman to remarry. That's by biblical things, by rabbinic things. Rabbinic ownership will trust it, even if it's not under under those circumstances. By regular 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 biblical matters, we don't trust. But Rabbi Yehuda says, in the name of Shmuel, we're on the third wide line on Kufi Dalit Am Beis. Okay, 114B, third wide line. Maisa, listen to the story. There was a story with somebody who was talking in the course of conversation. And he said, I remember kasher tina, ik, I was a young child. Um, I I was a young child. And I was being held on my father's shoulders. it's you in me, base. I saved. They took me out of the base. I saved. They took me from school. And they took off my sinus. They took off my jacket. And I went to the mikvah and I ate truma that evening. So, what was he giving testimony about? Now, he was just saying the course of conversation. Yeah, that basically he, uh, he's a kayan, right? So, this guy says, uh, this guy shows up. And we're like, hey, are you a kayan? He's like, listen. I don't know much about my family, we weren't really observant, but I remember as a yingle in cheder, as a kid in cheder, I remember riding on my father's shoulders and going to the mikveh so that they could feed me truma once I was pure. So now he wasn't saying this to anybody special, to anything specific, he wasn't coming to court. You know what he was doing? He was just smoozing with somebody, reminiscing about his childhood. That's all he was doing. And guess what happened? Rev. Chanina My friends would stay away from me and call me Yechenon who ate the challah. The challah had to be given to a kayan. And Rabbi said, you know what? You must be a kayan. Now, eating truma and eating challah is rabbinic or biblical that a kayan is not to eat it. It's a rabbinic law. So you see that we trust somebody to say something, misyachli vitumai, in the course of conversation, even when it by biblical laws. Says the Gumara. no, but shuma darabon. That was rabbinic. We then with shuma darabon. We don't trust misyachli vitumai by biblical laws. What Ravdi became a merit to Saul. He said Ravchana katzradigav amilah. Ravacha kartigna. Uh, they told over the story came in front of the Some say the story wasn't in front of Rabbi, rather, was in front of Rebbe. And the story was as follows: There's a young child, one young child. This young child was playing and he was schmoozing and he was in the course of conversation. And again, the topic over here is we don't trust children to give testimony in Besdin. In financial matters, but if something comes out in the course of conversation, it adds a layer of trustworthiness to it. So this kid is shmuzin. He's in the course of conversation. And Valmar, and he says, He says, Me and my mom were taken into captivity, and I would go get the water for us, and I would think about my mother. And Lokite ate him, and I would go get the wood, I would think about my mother as well. Now, what does it mean to think about my mother? So it means that he, I would make sure that nobody was violating her, nobody was raping her. I kept a close eye on my mother, that's what he was saying. I was a young man, I was a child, and I made sure no matter where I went, I wouldn't go too far. I wouldn't go too far when I got the water or the wood, not long enough for anybody to violate her. And the Rebbe allowed her to marry a we don't as we didn't usually, when a woman takes captivity, she takes on the status of a zaina. Because we assume that her captors violated her, so she now has the status of a halachic Zaina. Again, we view the word Zaina as a prostitute, but that's not what it means. zaina is any woman who had relations with a woman with a man who's illegal to her. So a non-Jewish man would halachically render a woman a Zaina as, as far as not being allowed to marry a kohen. But but he was talking and he's like he was telling over a story about him being taken into captivity. He wasn't testifying and he's like you know I always I always kept an eye on my mom. I was making sure that nobody was messing with her, I knew what was going on with her, and when Rebbe heard him shmoozing like this, he said, you know what, this woman can marry a kayan. Now this is a biblical matter, so you see, even by bi- biblical matters, we'll rely on statements that come out, misiach spontaneous. spontaneous in the course of conversation, not for testimony, says the Gemara, not necessarily true, by a woman in captivity, we are lenient. Why? Rashi says, because, the whole reason why we assume a woman taken into captivity is a zaina is an assumption. We don't know for sure. Control over her. Yeah, exactly. She can be taken advantage of. She's vulnerable. When a woman's vulnerable, that's the assumption we have to take. Do we know for a fact that she had relations? No. So being that A, it's just a rabbinic idea that she's assumed to be a zaina. And B, we have here a child telling us in the course of conversation, I kept an eye on my mom... So that will allow us to, to uh, uh, re- rely on his statement. But by a real biblical matter, not necessarily true. By Dindar by, Aisa, uh, just because somebody makes a statement in the course of the conversation doesn't necessarily mean that we, uh, that will rely on the trustworthiness of that spontaneous, that was, as I said, on that spontaneous statement. Okay. Beautiful. Period. Two dots. Halfway down in the wide lines, on Kufya Dalit on the base, 114 B. Here we go. Avala Yaquetz s We said that if you wanna go get back your swarm of bees, I, I'm, I'm a bee farmer, I farm bees, maybe that's is that what it's called. And, and the bees start to swarm away, I, and they go into my friend's field. I'm allowed to go into my friend's field to go get them back. But the Mishnah had taught us, I'm not allowed to cut off the branches in my friend's field to be able to find my way through his field to get the bees. Okay, even if I want to pay it. Even if my intention is to get my bees back and I'm going to say I'm going to compensate the guy, you can't just go and damage somebody else's field. That was the Tanakama. Rabbi Shmol in our Mishnah said, you could, you could cut it down as long as you pay. All right. Tanai Bezdin who? This is a Tanai Bezdin. Tanai Bezdin means it's a condition that Bezdin makes when it comes to finances. And here's the condition. Now, again, Besden has a right to oversee all financial matters in Klaus. It's called Hefker, Besden, Hefker. And Besden decides that some, that people have a financial right to do something. You have a financial right to do something it's for society reasons. Okay? This is why, by the way, um, just to give the first example that pops into my brain this uh, big uh, apartment complex that's going up right by the uh, Schnooks uh, long driveway right off of Delmar. There's been construction going on for a while. There was a few months where your mama should have to wait in traffic to go to a store. You know what I'm talking about? You mm-hmm. wait a now, just because you want to build a building, now I have to take 15 minutes out of my day. Excuse me. Whoever heard of such a thing? Why don't we stand up with protest signs and say, don't shut down my uh, 10 minutes. What right do you have? Tarek says, that's how society needs to function, otherwise nobody can build buildings. <laughs> the, uh, legally, I'll be able to do the same thing for my house. If... Somebody needs to build a house, and the road has to shut down for a little bit. People need to go around detour. That's just the way it is for the purpose of society. So, so and, and a court, a bezdin, could institute what is the uh, expected standards that you're allowed to inconvenience other people. So, Rabbi Shmuel says it's a tonight bezdin. I am going to my friend's field to get my stuff back and cut down some of his branches as long as I intend to pay him. You can't stop me. And it's also a condition of Beznu. That, wine and honey. Get ready for this. Incredible halacha. This came up earlier the Masechka. Honey is more valuable than wine. If I see your honey vat cracked and I have a vat full of wine, your honey vat, the honey inside of it, is valued at $500. My wine inside my vat is worth $300. I spill out my wine to save your honey and charge you. Okay, I'm spending money to save you, but you're gonna to have to pay me back. And I didn't ask you beforehand. That's, that's a tenai best. Okay, and then I could demand payment for saving your honey. I, again, what am I demanding payment for? My wine. I lost $300 because I wanted to save your $500. That's a Tanai Bezen. A person should unload his own donkey that's carrying wood to load the flax of his friend. Now, why would I do this? Because flax has more value than wood. Now, I'm going to be losing out on my firewood. A mom is losing out on firewood over here. And the same thing that we said by the vets. I'm saving you more money, and then I could charge you for my loss. And I could take the payment. Basically, I'm going to hold on to the flax. I could keep the flax, so I have three hundred dollars worth of wood. Your flax is stuck. Your flax is worth five hundred dollars. I remove the wood, put the flax on to help you get there. When the flax gets there, I keep the three hundred dollars worth of flax, and you keep your your two hundred. I took a loss; otherwise, you would have lost all five hundred. You would have lost everything. Arts. These are the conditions that when we entered Eretz Yisrael, Yeshua instituted for societal purposes. Okay. And this was all, also came up about a little over a month ago when we went through the 10 conditions that we entered Eretz Yisrael with Yeshua. Okay, says the Mishnah, approximately 10 lines from the bottom of Kuf Yadal Somebody came into my house and stole somebody goes into Yankel's house and stole Yanko's lamp. Yanko then goes to Beryl's house and he sees his lamp. The now, a shame Geneva is out in the city. What's the shame Geneva? Yankel says, so, Yeah, Beryl's a gun yeah. Beryl's like, Yankel, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe this used to be yours. I just know I bought it. I bought it. And steal it. The buyer should swear to the the original, the original owner. owner. How much he paid for it, give it back to the original owner, and the original owner has to pay him for it. Fascinating. Fascinating halakha. You ready for this? This is beautiful. If you ever buy something that turns out it was stolen, the original owner has to pay you for it, but you're basically obligated to give it back to him. How much does he pay you? However much you paid. The Imlav. What if there's no uh, documentation of theft over here? Lav kol then you can't just claim that this was yours. You can't just walk into somebody's house and say, that's my lamp. With nothing, no backing of like any theft having been reported or something going on. Otherwise, it's going to hurt society. People start claiming that to each other <coughs> that things are stolen. I would say like this. Yanko, maybe you're right that it used to be your lamp. says Beryl stole it. Maybe Shmero stole it and sold it to Beryl. Doesn't, doesn't tell me anything. Again, if there's already a documentation out on the theft, we'll consider this to be a theft, and you'll pay him for however much he paid. Otherwise, don't worry about it. The, the, whoever has it in his possession, doesn't need to be concerned. Says the Gemara, if there's documentation of a theft in the city, why don't we say that... Um, he sold it and, he, and then he uh, came to the cops. Oh, it says Gabara like, like this. What, was, what, what did we say? Yanko walks into Beryl's house and he's like, Beryl, the lamp is stolen. He says, Well, it depends. Is there, is there a report with the police or not, right? Is there a police report about his house? It says Gabara, like, What is a police report going to help? Still, Yanko can go file a police report even when nothing happened just because he wants his stuff back. He, he himself is the one who files the police report. So, what does that do for me? I'm going to review the Maravi, it says the name of Bezae, the Yomad, the the Omar, Nigrabu I No, what happened was people came into his house at night, okay? You had people staying there, and he gets up and he says, My stuff was stolen. So, this is not like he's just going to file reports. This is like he's shouting at 2 a.m., like we see that there's already a Chazaka over here that has been established as a status that there's a problem going on, then this kind of gets like Mashiach my type of thing, right? Then we'll say, all right, so there's, there's credibility that it was stolen. So over here, we should certainly, maybe he's, that's a greater way to make a Baba Misa. <laughs> it's still not helping me. Because again, we, we have to be concerned that Yanko's a scoundrel too. We don't know for sure that he's being honest, saying that things were stolen and he should get it back says, oh, but if you wake up all the night, then he has just, says, well, not necessarily so. He's a show, what's he called, a showboater? He's a, he's a drama queen. Yeah, he's a drama queen. So maybe he's looking for ways to get his stuff back, but he actually stole it. I'm sorry, he actually sold it. It was sold. Hi, right, why is he doing this? <laughs> he's adding to his story, right? There, there's a rule when it comes to uh, detective work. That when you question somebody, the more information they offer unsolicited, the greater reasoning tells us that they're involved. People feel the need to overshare, over dramatize something, and give excuses. When you just ask them a simple yes or no question, people start going on a whole mice and they, they to share more. It's more reason to feel to, to sniff out that there's a problem. Says a so over there for sure. He's he's adding drama to get his stuff back. No, I'll tell you what happened. There's a tunnel going into his house now. For the, the case of the tunnel is a biblical case. Hababa the person comes into the tunnel. It's fascinating halacha in the Torah. In American society, it's somewhat connected to what's called the stand your ground rule. I believe that's what it's called. And the Torah tells us that if somebody tunnels their way into your house, you're allowed to kill them. Because the assumption is that they're there not only to take your stuff, but they're willing to hurt you if you were to get in their way. So Habam and person tunnels their way into the house. Rashi explains, doesn't mean only literally a tunnel. It's the same thing would hold true, that if somebody sneaks into your house in the middle of the night, somebody breaks a window, opens a window, and they're sneaking around your house, you could kill them. You're allowed to kill them because you know they're dangerous. However, it says the Torah, if the sun is shining, you're not allowed to kill them. What does it mean the sun is shining? If it's clear as day, they're not going to hurt you. Uh, somebody, in the example Rashi gives, is somebody's father is trying to steal from them. There's no, there's no concern of, your, of the person's physical safety. The father just wants his stuff. He's not with, there's no assumption If I was going to hurt the kid So if you have somebody Who comes into a house And he's rummaging around To get things But there's really You sense there's no danger You have no, you have no right to hurt them You have no right to kill them You're not allowed to do it But if there's any sort of threat They're tunneling in Then you are uh, You're permitted to kill them Because there's You could assume That you And or your family Somebody is in danger So Rav says I'll tell you the case where we, where we trust the guy for theft We found the tunnel What does it mean? We found a smashed window. We know there's a Ghanav. And the people are staying in his house. And they're walking around, and they're walking out of the house with, you know, schlepping the guy's leichter, his shop his candlesticks. Everybody's saying, hey, that's, that's Yanko's candlesticks. So over here, this is not a chance that, there's less of a chance that Yanko's being a drama queen and being overly dramatic. Circumstances tell us that they got to give it back. Says Gemara, Says maybe there were only vessels, but not svarim. Okay, now what do you mean svarim? So the first case of the mission. if you look back at the very first few words of our Mishnah, it said, if somebody notices his vessels or his books in somebody else's house. Says Gemara, this is a good explanation on somebody on your vessels in somebody else's house. How do, you, how do you find this by a case of your books? Says the Gemara, He said, that the people said that, oh, we saw people walking out of his house, his overnight guests were walking out with vessels and books as well. Says the Gemara, how do you know what type of books? Meaning, now that we're dealing with people coming and claiming, there's like, not actual testimony taking place in court, but there's a lot of news going out about this. And if it's not exact, it, it, since it's not testimony, if it's not exact wording, still, like how, it, it's kind of an innocent to proven guilty on behalf of the uh, accused thieves. Again, what's our case? Yonko's walking into Beryl's house, looking at things in Beryl's house and saying, hey, that's mine. I recognize that. And we're trying to figure out here is Beryl Laganov. In order to say that, that barrels are gone, Yanko better have like a healthy storyline. Otherwise, you can't run a society where people being allowed to walk into other homes and being, hey, it's mine. So, what's the healthy storyline? Oh, there was a tunnel going into that. We had a smashed window. And there were overnight guests. And people, the, the guests were leaving it all the night. And Yanko screaming right away. It says the Gemara, granted, something was stolen. But if you don't know what was stolen, then it, it gets a little out of hand. It gets, right? It gets a little out of hand. This is this is so fascinating to me because we um, we are in the process of switching our um, home insurance. And I, momish had a conversation last week with uh, with an insurance fellow, and we were going through items of the house. And he was basically saying why it's possible that, you know, the coverage on, and he was, he was saying how important it is to know what you actually have in the house, because I think standard is up to half the coverage of the dwelling for possessions inside the house, and it includes theft. And so the I said, well, how do they know if you're telling the truth? He said, that's why people, they don't really know. You don't fully know. You know, that's why they, they need, they try to ask for a little bit of information, but you can't fully know anything. And this is Mamesh, a case that's happening in the Gemara. I'm fascinated by this, in that the Gemara's mom is dealing with a case like this. Yankel's claiming that something was stolen from him, and he's claiming it's in Beryl's house. And Beryl says, Yanko, I, it's not stolen from you. I don't know what to tell you. I purchased this. Whether I purchased it from you or somebody else, doesn't matter. And we're trying to come up with a case where, Beryl, where Yanko's going to have an element of trustworthiness. And, and, and we're going through a case. Says the Gemara, even so... If we don't have, like, do we know big books, small books? It's still a random claim. Despite a broken window, and despite people leaving your house in the middle of the night, Beryl didn't leave your house in the middle of the night. Beryl's not the and if you don't know exactly what he took, it doesn't make a difference what people are claiming. Oh, books were taken. Shkoyach, just because books were taken and there's a book in Beryl's house, means that Beryl took it? There the, the, the still needs to be more of a connection. It's a very strong question the Gemara is asking over here. Answers the Gemara. Okay, says the Gemara, maybe he took small ones, he he's mentioning specific books. Maybe there are old books and he's claiming new books. Where people were saying the specific books. But you're right. No, In other words, the Gemara is answering you right. If, if Yankee's not coming with specific claims Of items or books, titles and, and details Of the actual item Just because somebody broke into his house In the middle of the night And he was, clean, and he was screaming Does not mean he could make any sort of claim From Beryl And again, what's that claim? There's no witnesses over here to the specifics, not coming to court. So there's the Allah of the Mishnah, that you could, as long as you have enough strong raglain with legs to the matter of your claim, then what are we gonna say? Oh, Beryl, you claim you bought it? Okay, Yanko, you pay Beryl, give him back, reimburse him for whatever he claims he bought it for, and then Beryl will give it back to you. But even so, I mean, mean, you know, i got to claim he, he, uh, you stole the Babakama, and well, there are other right? Right. So, Michael's uh, saying during Dafyami there's a lot of Baba commas. a lot of Baba commas floating around so you know that, that could be a, a little too easy true but the case has to be again there's smashed windows there's immediate claim immediate claim that somebody's walking off of something yeah right with all these things together you, you can take it back but you're going to reimburse it you're still going to have to pay it. you have to pay it's, it's not a perfect system it's not a perfect system but this is where the Gemara is molding our minds to. We're to flip sides logically. That even not, even if there are no Tumim in the Savior. Exactly, wow. exactly. He's recognizing it. Huh. it. Says So when he breaks the house, takes Kalim, he's not obligated to return to My time of and he acquired it with his blood. He acquired it with his blood. He risked his life. Says Rav, incredible. Says the Gemara. Um, Notice he was Chayav Misa b'shas Maisa. Since he was Chayav Misa at the time of his theft, he's not obligated to, to make payment, according to Rav. Says Gemara. That's only when he acquired it by the case where he broke in through a tunnel to make He put himself at uh, in a, into a life and death situation of Alhani. But these people who were sleeping in the house and then left them the middle of the night. Since they never had a threat of being killed, they were, you know, they were guests who stayed overnight. There wasn't any specific threat to their lives because they weren't threatening anybody else's life. they they never acquired the uh, they never acquired the items. says, "This is only true of the balabayas who is usually selling his vessel, but it comes to a balabayas. Who doesn't usually sell these vessels? We don't have to go into specific, into that specific situation in order to rely on him. That it was stolen. Says where maybe he needed money, and that's why he sold it. No, it barrels claiming he bought it. If the guy usually sells it, then maybe have a claim. Otherwise, it's not not even a claim over here. No, there's a shame Geneva. Where um, the, the there, there's a name going out that something was that there was a theft that happened, and so that that would be uh, this would hold true even by somebody who usually does not sell. Uh, he's not a merchant. He's not somebody who, who sells. Okay, period. Two dots. Here we go. Itmar. We learned. Somebody steals, sells it, and then we find the gun of Ravishmit Rav Amar and We follow the owner. Meaning the owner could come and make a claim against the thief. It's against the buyer. Who does the owner come and claim it from? The thief or the buyer? Because the buyer currently has it. So either you you have your your, um, court cases against the thief or you go against the buyer. Before Yish, if the owner has not yet given up hopes, he can go straight to the buyer. He says, hey, that thing is still mine. You can't buy something that's mine. When well, where do you go to the Gan that's after Yish. You go straight to the Gan And we're both following the Lach of Rav Chista. Are you going to tell me there's no Machlekas about the Fnei Yish. If let's say I give a gift to a Kayan and I sell it to him. There's a machlaikas, even though it's considered before giving up hope. Now what's this case? What are we talking about? kahuna. What are we referring to over here? Did learned in the Mishnah? of somebody says, please sell me the stomach of a cow, and these were, and um, uh, amongst the stomach of the cow were things that had to be given to the Kayin, nice in the the buyer gives it to the Kayin, and the um, the butcher charges the Yisrael the full price of all the insides, even though part of the insides is not going to him, part of the insides is going to a Kayin, he's still going to pay him, he's gonna, he could charge him full value of all the innards. If, however, he, uh, he took from him by weight, okay, he, charged him by, he charged him by weight, and then you give it to Kayin, and we do reduce the, the value. And the Rav says, This is only true. When he was shaykele, when he was weighing it, the atzmai, for himself. Okay, who weighed it himself? The buyer. It's not the butcher weighing it, the buyer himself weighed the stomach. tabach. if the butcher weighed it, then then the Kayan goes to the butcher to get his innards. What right did you have to sell it to this guy? It was matnas kahuna. Okay, now, we see that he, who does he go to? He goes to the butcher And if he wants to get it from the buyer, then the Kayin has to pay the buyer. This is the Yish. On our aim, he says, No, what it means is also that you could not only claim against the buyer, but you could even claim against the butcher. I would have thought to say that maybe, as interesting as stealing, and therefore the Kayin can never uh, make a claim at all. It's never considered stealing. Incredible. Kamash Malan, the Chiddush over here is, it would be considered theft. Now, why wouldn't it be considered stealing from a Kayin? I might say... That matnas Kahuna doesn't belong to a specific kain. It belongs to our Kaddish Baruch And therefore if something rightfully should go to a Kayin, but the Yisrael withholds it and holds on to it, I would say the Kayin has no, the, what right does a Kayin have to come sue? It's not yours, it's Sir Baruch And the Baruch Hashalim's who says you could use it. right? So who are you to sue? The Kiddush over here is that no, a Kayin could show up. According to Abai, he says that there is a Machlach, is what are they arguing about? They're arguing about, but they're arguing about the halacha of Rav Chist. But before Yish, the owner could go after either the thief or the buyer. He can go after either one. He can go after either We could be dealing with the case where the owner gave up hope after it was already in... The hands of the buyer. So when did the owner give up hope? So Yankel has something. Beryl steals it and sells it. So did Yankel give up hope when it was still in the hands of Beryl, or did Yankel give up hope only after Beryl sold it? What's the difference? If Beryl sold it and then Yankel gave up, then it came into the hands of the buyer illegally, because the buyer purchased something that was still owned. If the owner gave up, however, while it was still in the hands of the thief, and then the thief sells it, so then. Uh, it's a valid sale right. right? You can't go to the buyer And this would be the source One says that if you first give up hope And then there's a change of domain It is an acquisition Another one says there's no difference When the Yish happened That's right That's right The question is Is, is there a difference if the change of domain Happened before the Yish or after Yish so one opinion is it does matter when the ish happened, and, uh, and Rob holds it doesn't matter. Either way, the buyer is considered. If right now, the owner gave up hope, even after the buyer purchased it, it's considered the buyer It's considered the buyer. If Papa and Papa says, Plegi, Hadala Mari when it comes to a jacket," everybody will agree that it goes back to the original owner. we get here. The Machlekes is referring to Takhana Sashuk. Okay. What's the Takana Sashuk? Ravash Vedrafhi Amaradira Marishain that the um, the uh, buyer who it's taken back from goes to the uh, goes to the ganav, Dina, and he says hey, you gotta pay me back. Dina's like this girl's Using Ganav. and um, the the law of the Lekeach is you can get the money back from the Ganav. You can't go back to the original owner and say, "Hey, you took it back from me. You got to pay me." like also bought the Ganav And the reason why the Rabbanon did not put in t'khanas Sashok, t'khanas is when uh, we we know who the Ganav is. When we know who the, when we know who the thief is, is. Um... So please again, Rabih Mishrayani Yama Adina Mashani, Tina Deliklish, Vasubatakan Sashuk, and the the Halakha is that it's like you took money from the owner, and we do have a Takarnashuk. Second Bar Vasabar Rav like Asubatakan Sashuk, does Rav hold we didn't inc- we we didn't add the halakha of Takarnashuk? Now, Takarnashuk is basically consumer let's just explain, it's consumer protection. We so that people shouldn't just come and claim that things uh, that things were stolen. The so what it does is is that if something's ever claimed to be stolen, the owner has to go and compensate the person who lost the item. Says he's more but the gashug is Ravun Tamid Rav Ravun was a student of Rav Chanan Bisha Gavrilim of Rav Chanan Bisha, the embarrassed one. He wasn't trustworthy. He took a jacket and sold it. Also, commanded Ravuna Amlyahu Gavrazil Shre Avita. He says go uh, go pay up. So you see that Rav's own student. Does hold off takaras even after we found the ganav? That uh, one minute, right one minute. Okay. Since there's, uh, since there was no in, in that case, he's such a he's such a wicked guy that there was no way to collect money from him. He was stole so many things. The guy was a bankrupt. The puvushin had nothing. Kalai hooker dummy, It's as if he was never found. Right? When you find the ganav, this need to be compensated. In this case, it's considered. Like uh considered like he was never found. Okay, we're gonna have to hold it here. It didn't get done with bays. Uh tomorrow we have a lot of ground to cover. And uh best we're gonna give da- well daft week is gonna be at 6.30. All right? We're on kuftes bavariv. And uh all right. All right, we'll have to catch up. we are find out finishing the Masakha. All right, Zagubenshkov, there's there's um another shear taking place now. You can stay on, you can log off. <coughs>